What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I am joined by the returning to Scottish soil, Ricky. Uh, bonjour, Ricky. Come on to Pale 2. How was France? Ah, oh, oui, oui, oui. Bonjour. Um, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, although... Although, oh, sorry. Um, although got home two days later than than anticipated um, because of the storm, and I also couldn't get a direct flight to Glasgow, so I had to stop off at Bristol first, and then get a flight up from Bristol to Glasgow. Fuck's sake! Um, and you know I'm not a good flyer. I hate flying, and the flight the flight to Bristol was it was only an hour. But it was an hour of nothing but sheer terror. <laughs> like, as we started to descend, it, you almost felt the wind, like, resisting. And as we got closer to the ground, it felt like we weren't actually going to hit the ground because of, and the wind was blowing that much. And I don't know if it was in my head, but you kind of felt the plane move a little to the side. We hit the ground and then it kind of bounced back up and then finally landed properly I mean a pilot came on during the descent and I don't think a pilot's ever come, comes on during the descent and was like yeah we're kind of met by a bit of like as you like to call it just a little bit of a breeze and it's like no this isn't a fucking breeze like my lord terrifying I remember once I was going to Disneyland Paris as well and it was Jet 2 I think I can't remember mm-hmm. maybe and when the plane landed it did the whole do 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 or something right but then the pilot said and we got here in record time tonight ladies and gentlemen i felt like saying i'd rather you just got here in one piece rather than setting records <laughs> did you see oh, i was uh, talking about setting records did you see there was a was it new york to london flight i think that done that distance in like four hours 57 minutes because of like uh, the storm was basically they were flying alongside the storm, so it helped. It's like, that fucking journey's like a good, I don't know, six and a half hours. Aye, at least. I can't remember how long it took from Dublin. I would say it was about six hours from Dublin, so Dublin obviously is closer to New York, but... Oh, it was terrifying. Terrifying. Did you get... Did you have to pay more for your extra stays in the hotel? I did. I had to pay for two nights in the hotel, and I said... I had to go stay in Hilton, which was around the corner. Um, two nights there. Surely, um, from an act of God, you would be allowed to get some free stay. 
Well, normally what happens in that situation is that the airline will put you up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But we got to the airport and on the on the website before we left the hotel, it said the flight was still running as normal. When we got to the airport, it was all cancelled. So, like, there was a couple of London flights, a Luton, a Bristol, a Manchester, I think it was a Bristol, a Manchester, an Edinburgh, and a Glasgow flight, all leaving within the space of, like, maybe 75 minutes, 70 minutes, all cancelled. Oh, so there's about 2,000 people all in this airport, crammed into this bit, and it was just carnage. Um, but I booked a hotel straight away, and then proceeded to start booking flights and stuff. Um, but yeah, I remember we once had booked a hotel, um, the couple who was staying in the same hotel as us ended up getting a message later on that night to say we found a room, but at this point it was one o'clock in the morning. Now, this is seven hours after the flight was cancelled. So yeah, I'll, I'll claim it back through the airline or through my insurance. Good, and I ensure, ensure that you do that, because that's not fair. No, I intend to. I've already started the ball rolling. I'm not going to fucking lose out on £500 because of fucking some storm. You should kick up a storm about it while you're at it. Oh, I did. I did. did. Uh, So, tonight's episode, a slight change of plans at last minute. So, I was going to discuss, was intending to discuss TakeOver Portland, which is coming up this weekend with Ricky, but Ricky has informed me. Obviously, he was in Paris last week. You are now two weeks behind with the old NXT, correct? Yep. I have not watched a lick of wrestling in the last, like, ten days. Um, I've not listened to any podcast as well in the last ten days. So you wouldn't um, have heard the, the shit I said about you last week then? No, I have actually I've not heard that podcast either. So. Well, Murray called you a wanker a good few times. That's all right. Murray himself is a wanker, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> is there, so is this the first time that you've kind of missed, like you're behind on NXT, or have you missed? Has there been stages before where you've taken a bit of time away from it? Um, remember when I stopped watching for a bit, and I was just like, I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, I never stop. I I don't ever stop watching NXT or NXT UK, but. I am two weeks behind on both shows because building up to Paris, I was working long hours. I was staying in the office till like six, half six, seven and stuff. Um, I say long hours, but then again, I was starting at seven. So yeah, I'm behind. And like I said, in the last 10 days, I've not watched anything in in relation to wrestling at all. I completely forgot when when it was Tuesday and I landed that it was raw the night before. See the usually the sort of Christmas episodes of NXT where it was just a sort of replay or repeat of stuff that had happened throughout the year. I'd usually miss them, but apart from that, I've been pretty much consistent with my viewing of it since what was the takeover where Sami Zayn defeated Neville? Oh. Revolution. Mm-hmm. That was basically the first time that I saw NXT and. Continue to watch it from there on in. When was can you remember the first time when you caught clapped eyes on NXT? Um, no. Well, thanks for your input. I do know it wasn't from the get go. 
I mean, I mean, from the start, I mean, like, what NXT is, what it is now. I went back. After getting into NXT, I had to go back and rewatch it all. Right. But I can't say off the top of my head when exactly it was. Um, I think, do you know what it was? I think it was the back end of Sammy's, um, uh, Sammy's title reign. Right. So when it was with Kevin Owens and stuff like that? Yep. Yep, and then I had to go back and rewatch it all while watching the current stuff. So, what was I going to say there? So it's round about the same time as I did, because round about that time I was body deep in the old what culture obsession. So I was on what culture. Oh yes. <laughs> I was back obs- when it was a, when it was a good website. Aye, exactly. Um, it was just fucking balls. The. They'd sit down one of their ten ups and four downs for who they used to do that. <laughs> yes. Well, they had a ten ups and four downs. I don't know if that was the correct actual number, but it was for the NXT Takeover, and I literally had not heard of it, and I had fallen away from wrestling before the sort of original NXT started the the quiz show reality show format. Mm-hmm. I, I knew of Nexus, but that was it, and I had I hadn't heard of NXT. I literally had not heard of NXT at all since uh, before that Revolution pay-per-view. But I'm glad I did. It it brings me to another interesting question. Can you remember your first memory of not so much wrestling in general, but what was your first memory of Raw? So Raw, Smackdown, all that stuff. Can you remember exactly the first episodes that you saw? First episodes... I would have to say, like, vividly, now, I'm sure there was times before, I know for a fact I was watching before it, but I think quite early on was the build-up to Shawn Michaels and Austin at WrestleMania, the one with Mike Tyson, right. which is what, 98? Yes, 98. So, now, I was watching before that, I know that for a fact, but I think I'm not one of these people that they can say I was definitively doing this at this age when I was younger. Like, I know, like, my memory's pretty decent, but don't ask me what I, what certain things happened in nursery or primary one and stuff like that. I couldn't give you a definitive time. I can tell you things that had happened, but that is my first memory that pops to pop to mind. But I know for a fact, like I said, I was watching before that. I'm trying to think. I remember Sky One in the UK had Livewire presented by a young, fresh-faced wrinkle-free, goatee-laden Michael Cole. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was how I got into wrestling almost full-time. But I remember specifically, I was at a boys' football club weekend down in Blackpool, doing a few friendly tournaments. And we all, once we'd got off the bus in in the hotel in Blackpool, we put on Sky Sports. And the very episode that I saw, which sort of started it all, was when Stephanie was abducted by Trip. Uh, Undertaker, so she'd already been abducted by Undertaker and this was basically the sacrifice or crucifixion episode and Austin came down and saved the day 
because I knew that I knew that something was going on and hadn't seen Backlash pay-per-view where Undertaker had kidnapped her in the limo. But I remember from Livewire, Kane and Undertaker had a random Inferno match on Raw of all times. And dur- right. during the match, Undertaker had a, a teddy bear while Vince McMahon was at ringside and Undertaker set fire to the teddy bear. And <laughs> I don't know why, I just keep remembering that image when I think about that time. But when Austin came down and saved the day and then he became a de facto CEO at the request of Linda McMahon, and that was it from there on in. So that was what, 99? 99, yep. So it's funny you say raw, right, because like I said, a lot of, and I guess I say Austin and Mike Tyson because it's such an iconic moment. Like a lot of my memories, and I've said this before, are kind of like and related to some of my favourites. So I know I was watching in '97 mm-hmm. because of Bret Hart and Undertaker. It's Summer Slam, wasn't it, when Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee? Oh, you go on <coughs> about that match every couple of weeks at least, I. Yep. <laughs> so, like, I know I was watching then, but don't ask me about raw moments at that point. Um, I remember, I absolutely loved, loved Bret Hart's heel run. I remember he had a couple of real good matches with the Patriots as well. Nice. Um. So yeah, I think if you ask me what like my early memories of wrestling itself and and what I remember, it would predate '98. Uh huh. But for some reason, that raw moment sticks in my head as if that's when I started seeing raw. I think, like you says, it's it's not like we had internet; we didn't have like the full raw live over here it was yep. just highlights or edited stuff and whatever um, back then so I guess that might play a part in it as well see as well with the Monday Night Wars documentary series on the network you end up knowing what happened throughout the 97, 98 all that stuff mm-hmm. so it feels as if it's hard to definitively remember when you sat down and started watching it because you have a memory of that now that's it, and I think at the same time, though, watching that documentary, it kind of helped me remember things in the sense that yep. I remember watching that, and I remember where I was, and I remember how I felt, kind of thing. So it helped bring up those memories because, like I said, we didn't we didn't have access to that. Like the Americans obviously do it with touch of a button. Um, it was like on tape delay and stuff like that, and it was actual VHS tape. You need to tape it up, record it on. Because um, even back then, I know now that Raw and SmackDown are on live at 1am over here, but there was a time when Raw was on uh, Friday nights in Sky Sports, so that was the first time it would be on that week. Like 10 o'clock at night and stuff? Uh-huh. And SmackDown was on in Sky Sports, sorry Sky 1, which is not a free channel, but it was one of the easier to get channels if you had a sort of basic cable or basic Sky and uh, so Smackdown Saturday morning Saturday mornings 10am yeah. um, yep. and the whole you, they would f- the, the screen would freeze whenever a chair shot happened or it would pan That's, away or to, it would pan into the crowd yeah and there was even a time in Smackdown where on Wednesdays 
So you had the Saturday morning one, and then the following Wednesday at five o'clock or six o'clock or something, for a short time they had the original, so the unedited version, like a more sort of what's the word age appropriate one for that time of day. Yep. And even then, some of it was still edited because I remember. I don't know if you remember when Jericho and Benoit were feuding in 2000 and Jericho had been pinned under a shutter and Benoit basically did a concerto to Jericho on the concrete. Do you remember yep. that at all? Yep. Well, they, freeze, they froze the screen for that as well, even though it was the sort of un, unleashed, unedited version. And I don't remember seeing another episode on at that time. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think I know your answer because... I don't know why, it just seems to be everyone's answer, but what was your first memory of SmackDown? Because mine was, and I don't know if this is the case, it feels as if it is though, and it might just just be because it's ingrained in our memories, but it was the Buried Alive match, Big Show and Undertaker versus um, Mankind and, was it Austin? Was it Austin? Vaguely remember this as well, yep. That was the one where Big remember watching it. Where Big Show launched Mankind in, off the ramp. Mm-hmm. And my oldest daughter, when I showed her the video of that on the network years ago, she said that big man's throwing a dog. <laughs> yep. Can you remember um, that thing? That was her first ever. See, again, talking about. Um, early memories and stuff it's difficult to say what I do remember um, through actual memory and the or the documentary series Uh I I want to say I remember the first ever episode I want to say that so what was Um, on the first ever episodes because I feel as if the big, the whole um, ah, Buried Alive match I'm sure that was in the first episode let's check first ever episode of Smackdown it came up with Spongebob there did see speaking of documentaries did you see that the uh, the Ruthless Aggression Era's got a wee docu-series coming out in the network soon. I did not. did not. No, The Buried Alive wasn't that one because I want to say Ken Shamrock and JBL had a it was a, a no DQ or a no count out type match uh-huh. on the debut match on the debut Smackdown. Um Kane and X Pac defended the tag titles. Uh, Remember how how over they were? Yes, I want to say it was against the New Age Outlaws. Aye, and that's when was that not when Kane said "suck it" with the voice box? Might have been. Um, Here we go. That was yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't that. I'm I'm, I'm right. It was those matches that were on it. Uh, I've got the first televised edition episode of Smackdown results here or I did my screen just went fucked off the main event was Austin and Rock in a tag match was it not 
Come on, stop mucking about. So, my god, there was, fuck's sake, one, two, three, four, five dark matches. Yeah, I'm sure the main event was Austin and Rock. Well, according to this, the tag team championship match was The Undertaker and The Big Show, who were called The Unholy Alliance, defeated Kane and X-Pac and the APA in a triple threat tag team match. Really? Right. Triple H defeated The Rock to retain the WWF Championship. That's the first match in a SmackDown. That's fucking crazy. Shawn Michaels was a ref. Tory defeated Ivory in an evening gown match. And Shane McMahon... Shane McMahon has wrestled Mankind. Did you know this? Yes, you're right. It was Triple H in The Rock. I don't know. What episode am I talking about then? You might have made that up. No, I didn't. <laughs> See, again, it's difficult to remember what I actually do remember and what and what I've been what I've watched since mm-hmm. um, do you know, you know it was a good time for our fandom back in the day it's when Channel 4 had it and they would have heat on a Sunday afternoon but they would also have you would have Royal Rumble Backlash um, the July pay-per-view whether it was Invasion or Fully, fully Loaded and then it had the December pay-per-view. And I remember yeah. I had... The first the first pay-per-view they had was Royal Rumble 2000 with the Triple H Cactus Jack Street fight. But the May one, which was Backlash, where The Rock beat uh, Triple H when Austin came down, mm-hmm. that was a bank holiday weekend for us. So I stayed up live to watch it, quietly sneaking about downstairs. And I remember leading up to it thinking... Because you're at that age where you think there's, it's real still, a wee bit. Not obviously, but you're just a wee bit worried. And a, a young boy with irrational fears, I was convinced that Triple H was actually going to behead The Rock <laughs> with an axe. A couple of other early memories. I remember um, when Rey Mysterio debuted as well. May have been either... I think it was very early in 2002 and didn't now I'm sure this was a Smackdown event Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle they had a an Ironman match oh that was um, yes that was during that was the summer of 03 I think is that what you're talking about? And that about? was on Smackdown? That was on Smackdown. Sure it was. Sma- yep. Smackdown, I know it's talked about a lot, but see, from about 2003 onwards, for a good few years, Smackdown was the place to be. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Brock Lesnar. For a long time, yep. And then you always had uh, Heyman's, Heyman running Smackdown Aye. as well for a period of time. Um, and it was always like, you know, Raw was the one that was the was the sports entertainment programme and SmackDown was the actual wrestling uh, programme. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of like what Raw and SmackDown have become. They are now what Raw used to be and NXT is what SmackDown used to be, kind of be. Well, I can't really comment for SmackDown at the moment, but it's kind of fallen off my radar, whereas I'm kind of... like There's a lot of things going on on Raw at the moment that has really piqued my interest Seth Rollins heel turn um, Andrade Almas and the whole Latino world order that's going to go down they may as well just rename that the 
Central American Championship instead of the United States Championship. <laughs> but that's excellent, all that stuff that's going on there. Really liking it. So it's as if Raw is the wrestling just now and SmackDown is the sports entertainment stuff. Especially with Goldberg and the Fiend going down. Let's not go down that road. Let's keep it a happy let's keep this a, a happy, yeah. relaxed yep, 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 pod. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and fucking John Cena's coming back as well. My word. Oh Lord. Uh, let's move on from it. Let's not let's not let's not dampen the show here. So see that night where I was staying up to watch Backlash, I was just flicking through the channels and I don't know, it might have been TNT or TCM or something. I can't remember exactly, but it was like a highlight show of ECW, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of ECW, and you just saw the likes of RVD, Sabu, Sandman, Jerry Lynn, eh, doing all this crazy shit in that Hammerstein ballroom. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I don't have any early childhood memories of ECW at all. Yeah, I'm quite lucky to say that I did because it was, I don't know, it was quite high up. We had the NTL cable box. Right. And it was up maybe in about the 30s, the channel or something. And it was usually Sunday night, 12 o'clock, and they'd have some ECW stuff. It was kind of the same idea as what Channel 5 had for WCW, where it didn't necessarily follow chronological order of the storylines, but they just showed a shit ton of hardcore wrestling. Uh, right. in a pure fevered, fevered crowd and it was excellent so and that's the other thing like I wasn't a hardcore fan or follower of WCW but I still remember WCW being on um, Channel 4 and 5 uh huh aye that Channel 5 pod um, programme was pretty shit though when you think about it oh I know and remember those I remember them they just seem to keep showing dark matches for Scott Steiner and <laughs> unless there was a gimmick going on where Scott Steiner didn't have any storyline going on and they just wrestled all the time but Scott Steiner all the time with his silver headgear on doing push-ups thing mean his steroid riddled um, biceps and then they would show stuff about Goldberg has to re- recreate a streak because Vince Russo has locked him in a cage and stuff it's like Jesus Christ what's going on here and, 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 that's, and like I said, I, I hate to keep harping on about it. Like it's difficult to have early childhood memories because it just wasn't readily readily accessible for us. Uh-huh. It's it was you know so it's difficult to really distinguish what you remember and what you now know because of the stuff you've watched. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot easier now. I mean, you've got BT Sports, Channel Five. Um, yep. Paramount, ITV, YouTube in general, and Twitter and stuff like that. I've, I've, I thought ITV had cancelled their AEW. The, just their um, pay per views. Just the pay per views. They're, no. they're still on ITV two or four or whatever it is. Oh, they've I just can't remember what exact channel it is, but because ITV I mean, box office still... has stopped, hasn't it? Yep. Yep. So I mean, it's still I record every every week, obviously, but I just I can't remember off the top of my head if it's two or four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not on. It's not on box office anymore. That's the only thing. So you've got to watch it through either illegal means or fight TV. Mm-hmm. Good old. You kind of beat the illegal means, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's a way, it's a way forward. <laughs> Can you... Do you remember... This is a random question, but do you remember having any wrestling figures? Oh, I mean, everyone had wrestling figures. Well, Even I if you want like a a massive fan, it was still one of those things you had wrestling figures. Uh-huh. Well, I felt like you know you get kids who've got the shit toys while everyone else has the better toys. Yep. Well, friend of the show, Barry Dillon, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Barry. If you're Happy listening, birthday, which you're probably, <laughs> probably not. Um, he had dozens and dozens of wrestlers that did that had all the reactions. You could do the clotheslines or the punch or the jumps in an actual WWF ring. Well, I had the WCW ring and I felt pure... <laughs> That's shite, man. I've got a shitty wee WCW ring and an Arn Anderson figure and I don't know who the other one was. It might have been Ric Flair, but they didn't do anything. They just stood there. So I ended up using other figures that I had. I know that I had a Captain Planet toy. So Captain Planet was a wrestler in my um, wrestling figure federation. Daniel Bryan? Aye, back in the day, yep. No, I remember I had everything. Uh, the figures, the rings. I remember there was a an Undertaker casket as well that I had once. Um, uh, like that, that was your form of entertainment back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wrestling figures are a must. Like now, I don't have wrestling figures. Like, I mean, I've got a couple in work that sit sit on top of my computer. Mm-hmm. But those were gifts and stuff like that. But I don't have like figures that I would collect or play with, obviously. But yeah, put it out. I got like. Me and my one of my my, my best friends that I grew up with, still really close to him now. Um, we uh, we obsessed over wrestling. Like we had to, we all we had between us. Like we must have had we easily hit triple figures for figures. <laughs> for um, sake, easily. Like it, it was borderline. I would say we almost maybe had triple figures each. Uh, we had the rings. I remember we used to. We used to go up to, uh, what's that called up at, up towards Park Headway? The Barras. The Barras. Remember, we went up there and we bought our first ever wrestling t shirts. First ever wrestling t shirt was at Austin 316. Uh, we used to go up and get our wrestling figures. It was, uh, yeah, like, it was just that. It was a, a much happier and simpler time back then. <laughs> going, <laughs> it really was. Going to a dodgy, uh, dodgy black marketplace where they sell they sold chipped video games. Yep. Um, 12 lighters for a pound, pairs of socks, and wrestling figures. And DVDs that, that weren't quite released yet, and they were going to be released later on in the year, and like, Oh, I loved it. I loved the Paris. Did you ever... I don't know if this is just me, but back in the day when I didn't actually own any wrestling VHSs, but sometimes when my mum or dad were feeling in a good mood, it'd go down to either Blockbuster... (laughs) Global Video? Global Video or Ritz Video or Azad Video. Had a lovely Azad Video one as well. Um... And they'd have some wrestling ones, so I remember distinctly the first, technically the first pay-per-view I ever watched was SummerSlam 1992, because I rented it out of, it must have been Ritz Video at the time, and that was the one with Bret Hart and British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember renting wrestling videos as well. 
I also remember um, much later on, obviously, in like the early thousands or probably would have been in the late 90s, maybe. Anyway, when you were able to, when we, when we started being able to order pay-per-views and stuff, mm-hmm. I used to stay up and we'll record them and I used to make one of my sisters stay up with me because I was too scared to sit downstairs myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor wee Ricky. Uh, I mean, I was only a little kid and it was middle of the night and the slightest bit of noise, you know, you were scared. She shouldn't have allowed you to do that. Well, she actually quite liked wrestling as well. Um, so she would she would do it. I mean, I had to, like, kind of persuade her at times to come with me. Uh-huh. Uh, I said, uh, was, was, those were good memories. See, one of the other ones that I stayed up late for was the Invasion pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point, it was one of those ones that wasn't on live, it was on at like 10 to 2 for tape delay reasons. Mm-hmm. And it finished at about 5, and my mother was working early, and I heard her get into the, like, go and get ready in the shower. So I had to be really quiet and, like, tiptoe back upstairs when it had finished, like a wee sad sack. <laughs> Just in case you get shouted at. Yep, and I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was the exact same. Ripe old age of 24 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one where Austin turned heel again when he cost the WWE yep. side of things and I was fucking so gutted because that was Austin that was the one where Austin did the he was in the pub feeling all sorry for himself Vince got him back on side and he cleared house on a Smackdown or Raw remember that one? that's arguably the greatest in my mind the greatest segment in WWE history like I know people want to talk about the beer truck and the Mike Tyson moment and countless taker moments and etc etc but that entire like when 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 the WCW and ECW guys started beating up all the WWF guys and then all of a sudden you saw Austin's pulling up and then you saw him beating people up backstage and then it was Jim Rossi's um, commentary will he come out will he come out will he come join the fight or whatever and then his music hits and the crowd lose their shit and I mean properly lose it aye it was crazy and then you see uh, Jim Ross going oh he's talking he's talking it's the old stone cold he's talking you're like like that everything about that I thought was just pure joy and excitement it was excellent and then it all came tumbling down again I know but that moment was just so great um, and speaking of the invasion I remember <clears throat> Vince McMahon's promo backstage when he was trying to hype people up as well yes um, and I don't know why but it was he started making references reference to like old school wrestlers and then as the camera's panning around the wrestler, then you saw him getting up into Rock's face and he was saying, Hi, Chief Peter Maivia, and Rock was bouncing up and down. I don't know why, but that also, when it comes to the invasion, that moment sticks in my head as well. Yeah. Um, that was a great time. I, like, Invasion Angle, retrospectively, gets destroyed from people, but I thought it was excellent. I loved it. I think at the time, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really, really enjoyed it, actually, at the time. Oh, I definitely. I can understand why people kill it now, because at the end of the day, like, Paul, Nash, Hogan, Goldberg, none of them were there. Well, that was out with their so, control, though, with the whole uh, Exactly, contracts. and I think 
that's why it could have obviously been better. But see, at the time, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I guess it's just, I don't know, it was exciting at the time when I was watching it. But obviously, when you look back on it now, obviously, it could have been that bit better if you were able to get all those other big guns involved. Well, one positive way of looking at it is you ended up getting some memorable moments over the next two or three years with the likes of, um, I mean, at the time it was a big deal when Goldberg came over, uh, when Ric Flair came in to say he had rights to the company. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio's isolated debut was put over in a big way and then with uh, that match with Kurt Angle that he had at SummerSlam 2002, so you had you had isolated moments for these guys coming in, and I feel I feel as if from a sort of big moments in WWE history, that's that's better than having them all sandwiched and smashed into the invasion angle. Yep, and obviously that cut, uh, every mysterious cut angle match you have reference to is arguably the greatest opening match ever. Yep, the um, and as well. If you had all these big guns come in, arguably one of the bigger stars, sort of breakout stars from the invasion angle was RVD. Would he have had that spot if, and would ECW have had so much shine if they had the bigger WCW names instead? Probably not. And I think that's that's a valid point. You know, like if you did, like you said, if you had all the other big guns, the NWO guys, Goldberg, Flair, Sting. Had to wait a bit like, longer for know, him. Sorry. <laughs> had to wait a bit longer for him. Yep. Like, would you would you have had all those other guys been able to maybe make an impression? Uh-huh. Obviously not. I think. That's worked out well. I was reminded there when we'd said Austin during that invasion match, Austin and Kurt. I kind of went down a sort of shout out to. Shout out to Mags and Bags here, but we've went down a wee why we watch road. Um, the Austin and Kurt Angle was the first ever sort of wrestling podcast I heard. I think it was 2013, and I'd already started getting into some podcasts with the good old Glasgow Celtic Football Club, a few more, and then I realised that Steve Austin had his own show. Tuned in, and it was an interview with Kurt Angle, and I think from there... It's. I don't even want to think about how many hours I've put into listening to wrestling podcasts. It'd be quite embarrassing to put that figure down, probably. Because remember, it was on the train that I'd said to you, you need to listen to this, and then the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, I... Um, I never knew about... heard of podcasts until you told me about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it... So I remember the first time you told me, I was a bit like, what the hell is a podcast? And this <laughs> wasn't like, we're not like kids, you know, this, we're grown adults at this point. And I, I, I never, ever thought of it, of it being a thing until you told me. And, and this was kind of like after we discovered, obviously, that we were both wrestling fans. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, let's say that's the greatest thing you ever done for me, obviously, was introduce me to podcasts. And I, I also remember I binged a lot of those Austin ones early on because he had Bret Hart, he had Jericho on at one point, he had Kurt Angle, um, countless other people as well. 
that we absolutely loved. I think he had the big show on as well. Um, a lot of those early Stoke Austin ones were, were absolutely fantastic. They were excellent. I'm trying to think, it's really only Austin and Jericho that were, <coughs> that had got on my radar back in the day. But I think that was about the time where we thought we got the train home together more often than not throughout the course of the week. We had the technology on our phones, we would talk about the podcast we were listening to and I don't know whose smart idea it was to start our own podcast but although we've been on Social Suplex for since the Survivor Series of 2017 time we did have pod, we did have two different podcasts before that so the first one was the, well the second one was the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show without any Social Suplex support they were some crazy times. Probably a lot of the stuff was on PC, but technically we started on the, the train home. <laughs> it did. It did. I think, obviously, we're missing, before we got onto that, we're, we're missing a bit of a, a chunk before how we got how we got to the train podcast. So if we go back, in terms of how we kind of became friends and how when we found out we watched wrestling and stuff like that. Um, obviously, we we were introduced, or, because we worked in the same company, same building as one another. Um, we were introduced from a mutual friend, the great David Clinton. Rest in peace. Uh, and, yep. And obviously Barry as well. But he's not dead, by the way. No. Um, and obviously, like, so we knew of one another beforehand, like, and then eventually we started speaking a bit more. I think it was only really until we we were in the same team, and we, and we referenced it before. Like Clive was my boss for a very short period of time, and it was at that point. <laughs> it was a shape boss. It was at that point that um, that we found out. Well, I still watched wrestling at that point, but you used to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would kind of talk about stuff that used to happen and. and and reminiscing again, reminisce, I suppose, and and I, and I think the great thing about what you helped me do when it come to, when it came to wrestling was obviously wanting to do this podcast, introduce me to the podcast things, and I've said it time and time again before because I like to give myself a pat in the back. The reason really? why you got back into wrestling, really, was, you give yourself yep. a pat in the back, surprise, surprise, and I saw your uh, Facebook post saying Paris is ready to meet Ricky, Jesus. Honest to God. Uh, and you never even fucking liked it. You just commented laughing. Okay. Le Thanks Chump. for the like. Le Chump. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Obviously, and I've said it on a podcast before, is that the reason why you got back into wrestling is because I was telling you about Daniel Bryan, and this was in the, at the beginning. I would say in the midst of, yeah, in the midst of a yes movement. It was in the build-up to the match with John Cena at SummerSlam when Orton cashed in and I said it before I was like I told you that there's a guy in the wrestling right now who's getting pops like Austin was getting back in the day or like that was a comparison I used to kind of emphasise like no one gets those kind of pops nowadays but this guy's like it's just almost there kind of thing uh-huh. um, see I think I did see I didn't watch the whole pay-per-view but I watched the match with Daniel Bryan and Kane on the pay-per-view after the Mania that he won. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, with the advances of technology, I found out I could watch these on my phone. 
Um, I'm pretty sure there's versions of YouTube of the pay-per-views, but played at like 0.8 speed, stuff like that. So yep. Do you remember them as well? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was around the time as well where Seth Rollins had turned heel, betrayed the Shield and all that stuff, so the Seth Rollins and uh, Dean Ambrose rivalry was heating up big time. So that was getting my interest going as well. But uh, it was about that time. You had said to me about Daniel Bryan getting these big pops, and I thought, surely not. Because I had a vague memory of him at maybe the 2010 WrestleMania, where he was in a tag team with Big Show. That might be a big lie, what I just said there. But it feels true. No? No. Was he not, not in an eight-man tag team match at WrestleMania one year? I'm not sure if it was 2010, because 2010 was ah, 2010. It would have been, because that was when Nexus was, wasn't it? 2010 was Taker and, uh, and it was um, Shawn Michaels. Aye, two. Yep. And it was Cena Batista. I don't think no, because Daniel. The whole Nexus stuff happened after WrestleMania that year, so it'll have been at least right. 2011. But I may, I'm, again, I might have made it all up. I don't. I don't think Daniel Bryan was on that card, from what I remember. Probably not. He's always given the bad rub at WrestleMania, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, not. It's kind of true, but anyway. <laughs> well, but yeah. Um, and then that's how we became, I suppose, uh, podcast buddies or wrestling buddies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember we used to always talk about how we should do our own podcast. And and for so, it's funny now now we're a part of a podcast network that so we used to always say we'll do our own podcast. And then imagine, imagine we had our own network. Uh huh. So there'd be um, a, a wrestling podcast, a football podcast. Just yep, yeah, that was it. Uh, we just now need to oust Jeremy and take over Social Suplex. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and then from there we obviously get the names Ricky and Clive, which we've discussed before. The yep. whole. Uh, and then it ultimately led us to, like you said, getting a train home together often, and then starting to record podcasts on a fucking busy Glasgow train yep. in the afternoon. A busy, noisy, squeaky Glasgow train. And um, it, it wasn't just wrestling, though. It was just the Ricky and Clive show. And it was just, it was nothing but utter chaos. It was shit. It was terrible. <laughs> Like, and the thing is, like, people won't. I feel like the only people who will be able to obviously understand or what we're talking about is someone like Murray. And I don't even think Murray will be able to completely understand because he's a good 10 years younger than us. But some of the things that you're talking about, it's just kind of you've got to be there to find it funny. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we used to talk about on the train when we, when we recorded this quote unquote podcast was just utter nonsense I mean utter fucking nonsense I mean probably not too dissimilar for most of our podcasts nowadays right Aye. but just nonsense 
Um, we, like you said, we used to throw in some wrestling. There was a train journey where it was just, I felt like all we'd done was laugh for 30 straight minutes about the most stupidest things. Um, <laughs> but there, like you said, you did jump from different things, right. but the main thing, the main theme was always wrestling. Because uh-huh. there was football, we would rip shreds out of the weird colleagues. I they called them the creep squad. <laughs> Maybe. And, <you're> <laughs> and you were the boss. I know I was the boss of some of those creeps. <laughs> I'm telling you, some of these people, ladies and gents, they would fit right in with the dark order. There's no doubt oh, in that at all. Ones for the watching. They'll be on a watch list in the next Somewhere. couple of years. Oh, they already are. Which reminds me, I need to tell you something off air. <laughs> but yeah, I think, and that was only done for our benefit. Aye. I think, just because it was just, I remember one time we were just sitting, we were talking about stuff, mainly probably wrestling, and we were like, we should record this one time. And then we did, and then it kind of snowballed from there. And I think, if you can obviously tell the story, but um, Mrs. Clive got you like a. A podcast kit, uh, kit yep. as a gift as well. Yep, that happened. First Christmas in the new house. New child had just arrived, the last child, and the wife's family were up from Essex, so it was a busy, busy house, like super busy. And uh, it came to the present opening time for the adults, and there was this big box, and I thought, what the fuck's that? Opened it, said podcast should do on it, and my jaw hit the floor. And my first thought wasn't even thank you, love of my life. It was I need to tell Ricky. <laughs> like, and you'll continue. Like, this was something we spoke about for so long, but we genuinely, I don't think we maybe we we thought the other one wasn't serious, and or we just genuinely didn't know how to go about doing it, and. And, 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 we'll, and we'll touch on the first time, like the first proper podcast we started doing and how grim it was at the beginning. <laughs> For a lot of the time, if I'm honest, like very grim. Um, like we had no clue how to market and promote and what to do and stuff like that. We just, and I feel like, and I think a good thing is, and, and I suppose we can touch on it later on, is our reasons for podcasting have never changed even from the very first time we sat down in the train together. Mm-hmm. Like, we can sit and take, like, we do literally text each other every day. Yeah. Not sometimes, not about, a lot of the time, sure, it's about wrestling, but a lot of the time it's not. A lot of the time it's just that same sh- nonsense we spoke on the train to each other and we still speak to each other. It's the same stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you just need to skim through our conversations, like, what the fuck are we talking about here? And it's some uh, dodgy stuff as well. Oh, definitely. It's just that being able to actually speak to someone over the phone and talk properly and more in depth about wrestling and and yeah, sure there was a long time but especially me that was obsessed with like how many Twitter followers we can have and Facebook and downloads and everything, but but the real like bottom line is that we only come on to talk about wrestling because like you say full time parents, full time jobs. Husbands, like for this hour and a half, two hours on a Wednesday night, this is when we really get to dive in and talk properly. It's just 
it's a release, I suppose, from everything else, and, and you just kind of get to sit with talk to your to your friend about wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's never ever changed from day one to now. You know that I'm not one for talking about my general well being and stuff like that. Um, yep. But I find it, I do find it cathartic, even when I'm coming on to moan my head clean off about John Cena, Brock Lesnar. It feels good to just have a chat with a fellow like-minded person, because. It's not as if I'm going to sit and talk about wrestling in the house. Now and again, I'll mm-hmm. mention stuff, especially if it's um, about ICW or wrestlers that um, are fanciable. But just in general, this is a good place to come, talk about wrestling, have a laugh, and like you said, the whole downloads thing, that was something that we thought about at first, but then it went to the back because for me personally... What I get out of it the most is that people, we've got quite a good loyal following on Twitter of people who come back to us and say we like that, we like this, and there's that interaction with even if it is like five six people, we know those five six people get a bit of enjoyment out of from us for an hour or two a week, and that's all we can ask for. And it's cathartic as you, as I said, it's it's just a good release of whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. See, I'm not good about talking about my well-being and all of that shite. But the I, I think I think I said I think bottom line is just that we like to talk about wrestling, and it's just the fact that like I said we both kind of have the same, not just the same outlook on wrestling, but just a general outlook on life. But po- I think we are quite similar personality-wise as well. Um, and we got on well, so it's just like I say, it's just good to sit and talk mm-hmm. to your to your pal for a couple of hours a week about wrestling without being interrupted and and where you can actually get into a flow of a conversation. Mm-hmm. So the when I got the podcast studio, we'd started and I'd put a tweet out last week. Last week was the third anniversary of what has become the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Um, so happy belated anniversary to you, Ricky. Well done. You too. And started doing all the research I got one of those podcasting for dummies books was looking at all the stuff that's right <laughs> remember that yes uh, that was my bible for a few weeks <laughs> then I sort of realised that it was a bit out of date but I still used it for something so it was t- looking at all the you need to go through iTunes first and foremost you need to get this and that get audacity and the the first episode we did I can't remember what it sounded like. I don't know, want to remember what it sounded like. I do remember there were sound levels issues. Um, so starting to sort of panic about the sound levels that we had. We got we got a groove eventually with the whole... I know the last few months I've had some technical difficulties that have resulted in differently different quality episodes sound-wise. But this podcast studio is kind of still fighting strong. have to tweak it now and again. But the early days in terms of content, it was wild back then, especially when we had Barry and JR on, we would just talk shite and occasionally talk about wrestling. <laughs> mm, I remember our first ever episode. Aye. I and think they're still out there. They will be, and it's not something we could ever be proud of, but I think at the time we genuinely didn't know what the hell we were supposed to do and what we were talking about. I remember my United were playing that night and it was against West Ham. And I remember I kept 
updating you on the score and stuff like that. It's just like things you look back. But I think as it, it wasn't the greatest. Um, but I think I think the one thing from then up until now is that we've never really changed. Like and we've, we've always kind of start, tried to stay true to ourselves. Uh-huh. I think I think if you compare it from then to now, there's a lot more joviality back then. Um, Which a I miss. Lot more I miss that recklessness and stuff. Um, but and as we've became ultimately became part of social suplex, and we'll touch on that. And as we've started, I don't want to say like growing a brand or whatever nonsense because that is nonsense. Um, but certainly more and more people kind of interacting with us, whether it was on Twitter and Facebook and listening to the podcast or whatever it is. I think we've adapted and evolved and it's not as loose and as out there as it once was, but I certainly think we've 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 stayed true to ourselves and we, we don't take ourselves too serious. We joke like all the time on the podcast. But we mix it in with some serious talk as well. But back then it was like ninety percent joking around and ten percent seriousness. But I think I don't want to say it's closer to fifty fifty ratio, but we still have a lot of moments where it's just f- funny and we just it just kind of breaks down. And that's what that's what the Rick and Clive show's always been. Yeah. Like if you wanted to go and listen to like serious wrestling talk this isn't the show for you like that's not that's not us at all like everything's always loose and carefree and just having a laugh and just talk we've never actually we've not ever changed from just being like oh it's Rick and Clive we're just talking to each other like normally Mm -hmm. I think there's been episodes where we have went serious Mm -hmm. but for the most part there's a specific episode and I'll touch on it when we get to that point on the timeline Uh but definitely well, there was a whole, I can't remember how many episodes we did with the Ricky and Clive wrestling show before Super so, Super <laughs> Social Superplex. Um, I think it was about eight months. So it was January we started, and Around then, that t- and then it, it was, was April. It was, I uh, think no, it was April. actually February we started. I think it was a week after the Royal Rumble, the Rumble seventeen, no sixteen. No, it was 17. We, we did the first episode, was a review of the Royal yes. Rumble, and then we went over to Social Suplex when Survivor Series 2017 was going on. And yeah. I believe that was actually the first episode we were on. Social Suplex, you weren't available, so I randomly did a solo show that week. <laughs> Not a good start. The Brock Lesnar schedule started three, uh, two and a half years ago. <laughs> that was that was agreement I signed with Jeremy when I first came on. <laughs> oh, I've not got any words for that. Blame Jeremy. I'll never blame Jeremy for anything. Neither will I. I think when we came over, there was a time, and this is lifting the lifting the curtain up, so to speak. A few weeks before we started on social suplex. It was coming to the point where we're thinking, can we be bothered doing this anymore? And I thought we'll give it to we'll give it to December. Let's see if we can sort of jazz things up a bit and get. This is still at a point where we were a bit more concerned about downloads and stuff like that. So I reached out to socialsuplex.com. Yeah, shout out to Rich who I had heard a few times on 
the Doc Chad Matthews podcast and Lords of Pain. So I ended up finding out about One Nation Radio and all that stuff and then went on to Social Suplex, put in a professional application form, resume, references, um, bribes, all that stuff. Say, please take us on, please. Uh, <laughs> and it was it was at a time as well where I'd started doing the, the columns, just on the Lords of Pain, fo- the columns forum side of things. Mm-hmm. And I'd said to Jeremy, I'll do some columns as well for your site as well as the podcast. And Jeremy was saying, yes, please come on. I've always been looking to get some content for Scottish guys. That's the exact words that he said to me. I can, I'll find, <laughs> I'll find the emails. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, you're too nice. <laughs> I lied, by the way, you didn't say that. I know, but it sounds like something Jeremy would say because he probably didn't, you know, he's too nice. Probably didn't want to say no to you. <laughs> <laughs> so things started growing then slowly but surely um, getting more traction more downloads and stuff like that downloads dwindled a wee bit again but by that point it was more of a case of we had that big following and we had not big we had a loyal following we were having more interaction with people on Twitter um, and it became more of a satisfaction through other people's satisfaction rather than just statistics but what was the mm-hmm. what was the episode in particular that you were referring to about being if I can be serious for a minute here? It was the the China discussion we had in this in the build up to the Saudi show, the first ever Saudi show. Oh yeah, I thought you meant China as in Joni Laurie. No. And I I think that I still think is our best work to date. Right. Um I felt like on that show, we were both extremely passionate, but we weren't aggressive. I felt like we were extremely informative as well. Um, I felt like we explained the situation that was happening over in China. We explained the situations that were even happening in the US, to a lesser extent, to be in the UK. And we applied all of that and says, why do people not have an issue with when WWE or wrestling companies go here, but you have the issue with the Saudi thing? And and for me personally, because of the whole, let's be, let's be blunt about it, because of the whole Just religious aspect um, of it and how Saudi Arabia is a Muslim country and me being a Muslim, it was like that kind of got my back up some of the stuff people were saying. It was Understandably. Like, you're ignorant and ill-educated, so I'm here to kind of educate you on something that you don't want to be educated on because you want to you want to continue living in a world of ignorance um, and I don't know that was something that I was extremely passionate about mm-hmm. um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I think Josh of Keeping It Strong Style on two occasions said that that was he initially said that he thinks that was the best work we've ever done and he was extremely proud to have that on our network. That's and right, I remember him saying that, yeah. To have someone like Josh say that was like that, straight away you were like, man, that makes me feel good. Um, to then, obviously, One Nation Radio and Kiss, they'd done a kind of a breakdown of social suplex, the history of it and stuff. I can't remember if it was the start of this year or just the back end of last year, but it was quite recently. It was a great episode, and, and they spoke about the great moments in social suplex and Josh mm-hmm. even says it the next day in the, in the group chat he's like I'm sorry like, I totally forgot 
but I should I wanted to mention that, but I wanted to tell you now that that was one of the best moments on this network, and that for me, I start that's a standout moment for me without a doubt. It was one of the this is a, this isn't one where we had an important message to tell, but there was one week where we seemed to we had drunker. Uh, Superjuice we had taken our performance enhancers and stuff like that and it was the week where we just had a sort of hodgepodge of news items Paige had to medically retire EC3 had joined the performance centre and there was a few other things and it just seemed as if we were firing all cylinders do you remember that one at all? yeah I do it just it was seamless and I thought that was a just if we were ever to do an advert that would be the one even though it was just a random, it wasn't a special episode where we went through a stage of talk doing special ones, like, for instance, um, I think we did Edge's career, did we not? Or was it Money in the Banks? We did Money in the Banks. Money in the Banks. We did the, like sort of hardcore wrestling in WWE. In uh, those ones as well, the news one just stuck out as an episode where we were just firing on all cylinders. But I think one of the things that sets us apart, and although I'm... I am now exposed to a lot more podcasts about wrestling at the time. I don't think there were many other people doing wrestling quizzes. So the wee quiz that we do, 99.999% of the time, that's what sets us apart. We finish with a wee bit of a quiz. Um, and also the sort of quiz time invitational. Stressed the living daylights out of me behind the scenes, but... Um, seemed to get a lot of joy from people, and I think that those were those were special episodes as well. I think to touch on a couple of things you just says, the quiz thing is something that we've done from other days on the train as well. Yep, twenty sixteen like time. Yep, we would talk nonsense, and then when we got to a specific train stop, because we knew I got off the train first, we knew mine was my train stop was train station was coming up, so the quiz would come out. Even sometimes when ultimately. I went to work somewhere else, then you moved on as well. We would still end up on the same train line, but you would come on later on, and one of us would have a pre-prepared quiz. <laughs> That's right. We would at this point now. Now, if we're on the train together, we're only on the train together for what, like, maximum of ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So we'd quickly do a quiz, and that's something that we've always we've done since day one. And look, I know when we first came on, like the Kiss guys absolutely loved the theme tune. I don't care how people perceive the quiz theme and how people perceive the actual quiz, whether they enjoy it or whether they think it's just stupid or what. We don't do it for other people's benefit. It's something that we've done because we've done that with each other since day one. Uh-huh. And it's just something that's... That, no matter what happens with other wrestling, wrestling podcasts, that will be with us to the day we stop recording podcasts. Which will be next week. <laughs> yes. Um, and the other thing you touched on, again, the Quiz Time Invitational. Like, I, honestly, like, you had um, guys over in America, the vast majority of them were. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Imp, it's easy, it was easy to schedule Imp because obviously same time zone, etc. Um, but getting... Like, for instance, I remember in the semi-final with Josh and Sir Sam, we'd done it on a Saturday night. We recorded it, and this is before the Canelo Kovlev fight, I think it was. And Josh was, was like, I've got a few hours before this fight, so I can come on and do it then. It's like, this guy's fitting it in 
to the middle of his day, but more than anything, Sam was waking up at stupid o'clock in the morning to come on and do it, and it's like... In his car. In his fucking car So as well. his beautiful baby could sleep soundly yep, without right. him shouting about Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins and stuff and like that. And then he produces that hype video as well, and it's just like, do you know what, like, yeah, fine, I'm sure there was a, especially when it came to the hype video stuff, I'm sure it was a bit of like, there was a bit of jokiness behind it all and stuff like that, and I, oh, I'll just do it, but see, at the same time, the fact that they took time out of their day to do stuff like that, see the fact that Sam woke up at four or five in the morning to go sit in his freezing cold car to record the podcast, like, some of these guys have just bent over backwards to try and meet other needs, and it's just like, it's crazy, because Sam could have been like, no, look, guys, you need to wake up at six o'clock in the morning because I can't do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, unbelievable. Like, that, like you say, is when people are willing to do that for you, you you, you kind of like, well, do you know what? We've actually built, even though we've never met these guys face-to-face, and when it comes to Sam, potentially maybe never will, we've actually built a friendship over social media uh-huh. that people are willing to come yeah. and do this. And that's awesome as well. Like, rants as well, like, <laughs> a regular contributor to the show I I can say wholeheartedly my time on um, social supports and I'm going to touch on one more thing that was a, a proud moment for me um, two more things sorry two more um, I think I think the best thing I've done when it comes to so, uh, being on the social supports was it was a Wrestlemania in New Orleans Ryan's message into the Facebook, WhatsApp, sorry, Facebook Messenger group with social support one saying, look, I can't make New Orleans because of, not going to divulge his personal information, but he was like, can't make it, does anyone want these tickets, blah, blah, blah. I, I read it and I gave it a couple of days and I said, I'm going to reach out to this guy. Just, I wanted to touch home, see, and I, I remember, I can go back and read the message I wanted to do, I can't boss go and all that way back. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, was that I just wanted to reach out and I'm not being nosy or anything, but just wanted to let you know if you ever want to talk or hope you're doing well or whatever it was I said. And then it just, it literally snowballed from there because I remember that first night we sat literally texting back and forth non-stop for like four hours solid and then it continued the next day. I think my, the greatest thing I think that I've done on social supports is reach out to Rance because that's someone who I've got ridiculous amount of love for and ridiculous amount of time for. Um, that dude would literally, it's a cliche or whatever, but he would literally give you the clothes off his back. Like, yep. he honestly, we, like we said, we're in the same WhatsApp group, a couple of other people, and we speak on a daily basis, but we also speak to him privately on WhatsApp. I... I can't even begin to say how glad I am that I reached out to him and we're now really, really, really close friends. So that for me is probably, when I look, break it all down social books, I'd be like, do you know what? That's the moment that I'm like, I'm so happy that happened. Um, cannot, cannot speak highly enough of that guy. I've just got so much time and love for him. Yes. And, and before, before you, I'll let you quickly chime in once I get these two bits out. Another specific moment just purely for myself was WrestleMania last year when I had to do the solo show for the first time ever myself. You did a sterling um, job. 
and I reached out to Rich and Jeremy and Rance because I wanted to, I wanted to specifically address the Kofi situation. And when I'd done recording, I was like, I felt good, you know, I, like I felt these guys gave me good feedback and gave me genuine emotion and stuff like that. And I, I, like I said, it was the first time I'd done it. It was quite nerve wracking, um, and that was a proud moment for me personally. And and again, this is going to sound like I'm kissing ass, but it's not. The first and only time we got Jeremy to come on, and I mean only time, I mean like to come on to like a non-quiz time show, was to review SummerSlam 2018. That's right, yep. That was the first time Jeremy came on. And I remember when he agreed to come on and and then when he started recording that, I was like, I was like do you know what? This is the guy that runs the network, that brought us here, that keeps us here, is happy to have us here. And he's coming on our show, and I was like, he must like us. Like, he must like the content, he must like us as people that he's willing to come on our show and do it, because he could have simply said, I can't, I don't have the time. And and with Jeremy coming on, and obviously his knowledge and just how nice of a guy he is, because he's another guy that I literally can't say a bad word against, mm-hmm. because he is just one of the nicest, sweetest guys I've ever met. And it's like, he's coming on our podcast and he's happy to do this for us and it's like fuck he must he must think he must must surely think highly of us and that like I say when that happened it was like it was it was a pretty sweet moment I must admit well eternal thanks anyway to Jeremy Um, he is a good guy patient with us he's always been helpful he's been especially helpful as we've transitioned over from Podbean to um, red circle. Yep. When I was asking, I was just trying to cut you off. Another thing I want to say is because you said being thankful there, like when you had your technical issues as well. Rich was fucking was excellent as well, trying uh-huh. to help out how to do stuff like that as well. Uh, they were all helpful, but Rich was mm-hmm. giving us like cheap help, and I thought excellent, good man, giving us some bargain deals and stuff like that. Yep. At, at the moment, it turns out that I'm not requiring it. I might need it soon. So I have saved and bookmarked Rich's tweets about the XLR cables, so another shout out to Rich. Thank you, good man. <laughs> but, uh, with the red circle thing, we've transitioned over there, so I've got three points to make, and then we can uh, thing me things up. I can't remember what the term is. Wrap things up. Wrap things up. With red circle, we've the Podbean site shut down as far as I'm aware, I think. Mm-hmm. What I might do is, if if there is enough interest, I might put together, I'd still have the MP3 files of all our episodes on a, a terabyte drive in my bedroom. I'm going to look out the quiz time invitational episodes, put them up as one file or one series, maybe sell that for a good $40 perhaps if people are interested. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I might do that though. Uh, not for that amount. The... Shout out to Rance for basically being an insomniac so that when we've when I've watched NXT in the morning I can go back and forth with him and just gush over Dijakovic and Tommaso Champa. It's always great to know that Rance can't sleep on Wednesday nights slash Thursday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I want to put over as well Sir Sam again for, you know, the brutal time differences that we deal with and he's one he's been one of the sort of from the Lords of Pain side of things, he's been very vocal 
about supporting my column work to the point where I've been brought back into it. Because um, when it came to 205 Live, I'd just fallen out of love with writing altogether. And I'd, wrote a, I'd written a couple of weeks ago about why in more detail. But I've sort of, I've got the bug again to the point where I'm not looking forward. I'm still doing a, a, two, a fortnightly thing. I'm not wanting to bog myself down too much. But I've got the bug again and I'm looking forward to writing every couple of weeks. And the, the Dean Ambrose, John Moxley thing that I wrote last week got quite a lot of feedback. Um, opinions, obviously, on both sides of the fence, but it was a discussion nevertheless. So it means that there's people out there that are reading it somewhere, so that's good. So straight out to Sir Sam for believing in my work and for going to the crazy lengths of recording in your car. Um, I think that's us. I can't really... We didn't really have a plan tonight, so it's kind of turned into just a sort of history, a history lesson. I've actually, I've got a couple of other things. Right. Um, obviously, over time, like people like Darren as well. Yes. Like we have stolen his format tonight. Let's be honest. Puts us over something awful. He's a legend um, of the social, the wrestling Twitter. Yep. Uh, definitely. Even though he's got a hatred of Bret Hart, which I find quite ridiculous, but. Well, each to their own. Right? What do you find more ridiculous? The fact that Darren thinks Bret Hart is a wet fart. That that's more ridiculous. Or, or that his Badlands podcast, um, Paul, Paul Tolley does not like crisps or potato chips. What's yeah, worse, the Bret Hart one. I'm sorry, but uh, if you don't like crisps, then you're for the watching. You can listen. What's worse, Darren hating Bret Hart or Brexit? Darren hating Bret Hart. <laughs> What's worse, Darren hating Bret Hart or Donald Trump getting a second term? Darren hating Bret Hart. Exactly. Exactly. No, um, two more things. Another thing is um, also got to meet Caleb through Social Suplex and that. I literally talk to Caleb every single day and I can tell you right now some of our conversations are just stupid and ridiculous like he'll probably message me now once he hears this and try to talk serious it's like it's just some just some it's more ridiculous than others conversations because we literally have about 10 conversations going on within the one conversation um <laughs> like the other day he randomly texts me and goes in scotland if a father loses a fight does he have to let the guy who beat him raise his kids that's how we do it over here like <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Well, can, yeah, can our international listeners, listeners confirm that? Because I think that's... Um, that might just be an Oklahoma thing. Aye. <laughs> As in his, his no. street thing? Yep. No, shout out to Caleb. Um, obviously, we got to meet Kyle and Carl as well through it. But another thing I want to really badly do is I want to get everyone who's involved in Social Suplex on our podcast at some point. And I, I mean... I know, like, for instance, we've had One Nation Radio guys on. We've had both the Keeping Strong Cell guys on. Caleb has been on. Murray's been on. Um, obviously, we had um, the Outside the Edge guys on. But, I mean, it's only really been... But I want to get everyone on, not just for a quiz time, but to actually come on to the podcast and, and talk about stuff like that. I think that would be awesome to do if we can. Um, just as co-hosts, the way we do things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I would love to get them somehow to do that, and we'll see. 
Um, but like I said, I think our time here, I think it's been it's been really good, and it still boggles me that some people that people listen to us. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like, it really does. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, you've got people over in America, Australia, here, Canada, South Canada. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Remember, at one point we also had a, a groupie. At one point, remember, um, I can't remember his name, but remember that guy that had referred to Alistair Black as Ali Black. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to him. I think he got chewed out from someone about uh, defending Enzo Amore. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. Right, okay. Uh, I remember that guy. <laughs> but no, it's it's been a it's been a journey. Um it's been good though. But I think like I says, though I keep harping on it, but the bottom line is we do this for each other and yeah. ourselves really. That's it. These are Wednesday nights that I don't need to do this, I don't need to do the columns, don't need to um, organise guests and interviews and all that. We do, it, we do it for the love of the business. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> so, have we finished putting ourselves and our colleagues and Twitter friends over? I, I think so. I don't really have much to add on to it. I think people kind of get the gist of who we are and how we started and etc, etc. Good stuff. Well, it wouldn't be an episode of the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show without a quiz, so guess what I have for you, sir? A quiz. A quiz. And FYI, time to be a dick. If anybody else has a quiz on their podcast, you've stolen it from us. <laughs> Do you know, that's fair, right? But, Mags did a, an interesting you'd quite like this actually Mags a couple of weeks ago or last week did an Ashes version of a quiz so it was two English people versus Australian and fellow not all Australian but it was a quiz yep. England versus Australia and it was Ashes rules so you had to like, I'm going to start sounding as if I'm talking out my ass but you had to get 20 questions correct before yes. you lost 6 Questions. Does that make sense? Before you what? Like, if you got a question wrong, it counted as a wicket. Uh-huh. But if you got to 20 questions correct, it meant you won the inning. Yep. So that's... No, what... you'd win the match. Well, see, there I go, I'm not sure. Because it's 10 wickets per inning. Right. See, right, well, I don't know my cricket rules. I'm sorry. Eh... Uh, but it gave me an idea of uh, a, if we got mags on at some point in the future out with the current defending champion uh, Josh Smith as the Ricky and Clive quiz time champion if we did something like a Calcutta Cup so Scotland versus England or the old enemy we did a, a tag team quiz between the two of us mags and a tag team partner of his choice I was going to say because it can't be Paul because he's Welsh. Because <laughs> he's Welsh. And I wouldn't have him on again anyway, because he doesn't like crisps. See, I don't know if I want Darren on again, because he, hate he hates Bret Hart. Well, we just fucked the idea then. 
Uh, pretty much. Right, cool. Let's just unfollow Dan on Twitter as well again. Again? How many times is that? I've I done it once. I blocked him and unfollowed him. <laughs> and then I proceeded to follow him straight away again. But, you're, a th- you're a fickle... No, mo- that's a good idea. You're a fickle monster. Right. So let's get some quiz on the go. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Now I did have, as I said, there was a change of plans this week, so I did have a, a quiz already prepped. But due to the content of that quiz and what we were intending to do, we'll keep that under wraps just now. Keep it under wraps, just in case it doesn't come to fruition. But this week, I've been lazy, and we slagged him off earlier. Oh. <laughs> I have stolen, shamelessly stolen, a, a quiz from Walt Culture. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's about Edge. So are you ready? Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Walt Culture. Who did Edge spear from a ladder at WrestleMania 17? Was it Bubba Ray, Jeff, Matt or Devon Dudley? Can you repeat the question, sorry? Who did Edge spear from a ladder at WrestleMania 17? Jeff. Okay. Next question. It's one of those ones, multiple choice and you wait till the end. And obviously I'm dealing with dodgy internet connection for some reason. This always happens... See when my internet when I've got Google Chrome up and it's been inactive for a while. It fucks about and takes forever. I might actually just scrap this quiz because it's taken so long. Right, who what did call what did Edge call his lifting DDT finisher? Was it Living on the Edge, Edgehead, Edge of the World, or Education? Education. Next question. See, there's this what culture's fucking going downhill. They've got their sport, it says in what culture sport, eight things we learned from WWE's opening XFL weekend. For fuck's sake, it's got nothing. The only thing is, Vince. Yeah, XFL is a WWE product, I forgot that. Who ended Edge and Christian's first reign as tag team champions? Was it Brothers of Destruction? Two man power trip? Too Cool or The Hardy Boys? What were the options again, sorry? Undertaker and Kane, Austin and Triple H, Too Cool or The Hardy Boys? Now, I'm not exactly asking you these questions, but we can go as a team, and I think it was The Hardy Boys at Unforgiven 2000. I'll take your answer. Okay, let's move on. Uh, and there's another featured video here. Ten recent plots WWE dropped cold. So fuck. What culture's fucking terrible. That'll be off the back of the Nightmare Collective, won't it? Mm-hmm. Alongside Edge and Christian, who were the other two members of Team Wreck? Was it Rhino and Kurt Angle? <clears throat> Ric Flair and Kane? Or Dustin Runnels and Cat? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, Rhino and Kurt Angle. Right. I mean, it was, that is the answer. Number five, when it eventually comes. Who did he defeat right before he aligned with Lita? Options are John Cena, Kane, Shane McMahon or Matt Hardy. Probably Matt. I think it was Kane though. The Matt thing okay. happened later on. Because remember, Lita was going out with Kane. Uh, oh, that's right. They got married and then didn't. And Gene Snitsky was involved. I'm going to say Kane. Mm-hmm. You up for that? Yep. Number six. How many? How many Money in the Bank ladder matches did he win? Before even scrolling down to the options, I think the answer's two, and it's just one, two, three, or four. Two. One. Hmm? Did you say one? one? Yes. Oh, he's definitely one, two. Ah, sure? uh, no, that's wrong. It's one because he defeated Ken Kennedy for his briefcase in the other one, didn't he? So it's one. Uh, so that doesn't count, does it? No, because it wasn't a money in the bank. Because the questions were... Yep. Number seven, rated RKO response to which team? Hmm. Vince and Shane? It's no, no. Well, it's Vince... DX. Aye, DX, Vince and Shane, Undertaker and Kane, or the Spirit Squad. It was DX, wasn't it? Because remember that match where yeah. Triple H fucked his quad again and Shawn Michaels just went mental? Edge partnered with Kurt Hawkins and who throughout 2008? Big Show, Chris Jericho, Mark Jindrak. Zack Ryder. Zach Ryder. <laughs> I've got Mark Jindrak existed. <laughs> Come on, internet. I hope hopefully this is only a ten second a ten question one. Listeners will have uh, zoomed out by now. How many times did he battle the Undertaker one on one on pay per view in two thousand and eight? Now before I start scrolling down, there was WrestleMania. There was what fucking question is that? There was WrestleMania, Backlash, and SummerSlam. I know that at least. No, I'm. Mm-hmm. Three. There might have been another one. There might have been four. What do you think? So what? What was yours again? WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, and SummerSlam. There might have been another one at Judgment Day or whatever. I'm they... sure they had one at One Night Stand. Oh my God! That TLC match. Mm-hmm. So four. Um. Let's go four. So SummerSlam. Backlash. WrestleMania, Extreme WrestleMania. Rules, maybe a Judgment Day. No, no. Let's go for four. Four. A small part of me thinks it's five. Will we go for four? You I don't st- think this. I think anyway. Eh. 
Sorry. What did you say? Yeah, go, go with four. Go okay. with four. Going with four. Question number 10, if it ever comes up. True or false, Edge lost the WWE title <clears throat> and won the world title at No Way Out 2009. True. True. That was the whole Chambers, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He took Kofi Kingston's place. Hey, was that the last question? Oh, here we go. Number 11, fuck's sake. What number did he enter in the Royal Rumble at 2010? Number 30? Or 29? 30's not even an option. It's 16, 19, 26 or 29? No, that was 29. Okay. You loved that That moment. was the one where he came down with Jericho, wasn't it, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Who was his last pre-retirement match against? Del Rio? Del Rio. Alberto Del Prick? True or false, Edge debuted his current theme song, Metalingus, back in 2003. I don't think that's true. He had a Rob Zombie one before he had Metalingus. So I'm going to say false, because he was injured a lot in 2003. Mm. False? Yep. Uh, Okay. This is going to go on forever, this quiz. Who performs that theme song? Alter Bridge. Yep. Hurry up and finish, man. Hey. Oh my god, what a horrendous picture. What number did he enter at in the Royal Rumble 2020? 21? Yes. Hope you're all enjoying this. We're never doing a walk culture quiz again. I know, I apologise, okay. But we scored an impressive 87%. So the ones that we got... The ones that we got wrong... Too cool. Too cool were the first ones to take the tag titles off them. Okay. That's a lie. Who's the next one? Uh, it was four pay-per-views. No, it was five pay-per-views. That I knew there was another one in May or something like that that he battled with The Undertaker. Uh, let's see, that might be the only other incorrect one. Yep. We got two wrong out of 15. Highly impressive. It's very good going. So, finally we got to the end of that one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've stuck with us through this time where we've just put ourselves over. This has been. Well, we've not really put ourselves over. We put a lot of people over, but we talked about ourselves a lot. I'd like to take a minute to talk about myself. So we fucking should. It's all a podcast. Uh, we have been the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Wrestling Network, where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style. Grown men watch this shit, get in the ring and all things elite. Um, you can go to the website which has columns as well as the podcasts and you can get them sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button. On the show notes you will see a link to uh, the columns that I do for Lords of Pain under the, the brand extension series. The, there is also a link for getting some 
t-shirts from Social Suplex, whether it's a Ricky and Clive t-shirt or other Social Suplex guys. Social Suplex page on ProWrestlingTees.net. Press the link there. There's also a link to the donate button um, if you want to make your podcasting house husband dreams a reality. Um, the Facebook group is Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. I think that does it for this week, Ricky. Um, I think it does. We'll be back next week. We will be. And hopefully you will too. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy yourselves and most importantly, enjoy the most ridiculous NXT takeover card I've seen in a long, long time. It's going to be a belter. Take care, folks. Take care. Take care and take over. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.